And welcome live to the studio, everyone, for Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Thank you for joining me once again. This week, we're going to be talking all about cybersecurity with one of the big wigs. We've got Cisco Systems in the room today. Steve Moros is here to join us. And I'm really excited about talking about this topic because... It's something that we don't really think about in small business and we should give it more consideration. But I guess uh, when you hear Steve speak, you'll realise what little consideration we do and how dangerous that can be for your business. Now, I don't want to put the fear of God into everyone, but the fact of the matter is it can completely decimate you and take you down for weeks, months, even completely crash your business altogether. And the reason for that, of course, is because we're so heavily reliant on our computers, our technology, our internet, our emails. I mean, we all kind of have a bit of a panic attack if we drive through an area that doesn't have a decent internet connectivity, imagine what it's like when you're completely debilitated and unable to contact suppliers or consumers or your clients or even anyone to get some help. And so it's a good idea to arm yourself with some knowledge and some understanding about what you can do on a practical level uh, to support yourself and protect yourself against uh, cybersecurity. So it's a lot of us don't know what to expect when it comes to what's going to happen if we do get attacked. What, what does it even look like? Um, what do we expect our systems to do? How will they will react to that? And many of us don't have a management IT consultant in our armory because it's not something we have on staff or on hand and it's not often until we really hit the panic button that we start to engage with the experts. But we're all vulnerable. So today's guest is going to shed some light on this, what to expect, how to deal with it, how to start protecting your business now is Steve Morris, the Director of Security at Cisco ANZ. Thank Hi. you so much for joining Thank us you. today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, um, your expertise uh, at Cisco is dealing with cybersecurity. Does this mean you eat, sleep, live and breathe it every day and really understand it back to front and inside out? Well, look, having three children, <laughs> I have to know a lot about protecting them from protecting all, the, your assets. All, all the bad things. So they're my assets. <laughs> but from a professional sense, it's really about ensuring that we, we give people the awareness and the tools that they need to actually understand mm-hmm. and then also to implement some strategies to protect their business. But also, it's not just about protecting their business, it's about protecting their customers. You know, we've heard a lot about organizations that lose our data and so we have an expectation that an organization will keep our data safe our credit card details our email addresses our rates all those sorts of confidential you know date of birth all that sort of stuff. And that's exactly right because, um, you know, and there's actually regulations now that kicked in. I think it was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that said if you hold any data on anyone, and that is actually a name and an email address, that is considered confidential data, Correct. that you have to have systems in place to protect it. Now, that, of course, as you said, your relationship with your client is really important. And we've seen the big boys, the yahoos of the world, and even banks to some extent lose data and have these infringements. But we have to remember that this can also to happen to us as small businesses. And we are, as you said, we're the holder <clears throat> of all of this information. So let's talk a little bit about um, generalised, the security threats mm-hmm. to small and medium business. And, and what does it actually mean for the businesses themselves, but for the economy as a whole? Mm-hmm. Well, Australia has a very large, you know, volume of SMB businesses. So it's kind of like, you know, a, a key backbone of the Australian economy. Mm. So, you know, critical to the, 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 the successful economy in Australia. And if we look at cyber attacks on small, small business owners, um, it's on the rise. And it's going to continue to rise. And over half of Australian SMBs have been a victim to, to some form of cyber over attack. Half which is phenomenal when you wow. think about it. Yeah. And you look at it globally, um, you know, about 53% of businesses in an annual study that we, we, we did 
um, have experienced some form of cyber attack. So that was in 2018. Our cybersecurity benchmark study, you know, said SMBs have 53% of them have been compromised. These are alarming numbers. Um, not not saying that all of them were you know taken down and compromised completely, but they have had some form of attack. So let's talk about what form that those can come in, because obviously that fifty three percent is is quite a stunning figure. Does it mean everything from you know they've had their website looked at at the back end, or they're starting to get a bit of spam? What do you consider to be part of that fifty three? So it could be through many different types of methods. It could be spam. Mm. It could be denial of service, which is when somebody wants to take down your business's function and your website. Um, which is one of the worst ones. But it could be sending specific emails like ransomware to take data and trick you mm. um, and just give you some stats that there's lots of different threats out there, but we got to be focused on, you know, the ones that are focused on having an intent to hurt and harm your business. Right, yeah, as opposed to the silly Correct. stuff. Yeah. So there's lots of silly stuff around there, but the dangerous threat vectors... Um, they've got an intention to steal. Mm -hmm. And they're looking to steal your identity, your money, credit card information, or disrupt your business. And so they're the ones that we've got to worry about. And just as an example, um, you know, the underground market is very buoyant in terms of monetizing what these bad guys take from you. And as an example, a a thousand stolen email addresses ranges from 50 cents to $10. Wow. Wow. You know, credit card details range from, you know, 50 cents to, you know, $20. You know, a million verified email accounts ranges from, you know, to $150 on the the market. So there's definitely an underground market that promotes people um, to have that motivation to actually want to hurt and harm a business and take their data. Um, because that data, as you said, has value even correct. on a on a link, little by little, chunky little basis. If they're going around and going to say thousands of businesses, and each <coughs> business gives them say a thousand email addresses that are verified, then that really adds up to correct. some serious biggies. And it does. It, it really makes them. Um, you know, the the underground market is quite a large economy in itself, mm. or the dark web, as we call it. Um, but it's really about the motivation of the attack vectors. You know, most of the motivation is around money. Some of them have, you know, a little bit of an ego type of um, focus. You know, what's the risk versus reward? You know, so they, they're very focused on making sure they target sorting companies. And then there might be political agendas, um, you know, that they're focused on. So there's lots of different motivations. But here's a scary thing. A student or, or, or a kid can get on the internet and, and get access to tools. They can take these tools, they can run them on the internet. We call it a botnet or a specific, you know, um, application that they can take for free Mm -hmm. and they can launch that. Unfortunately, an SMB business can be the victim of someone having a bit of fun. Now, to them it's fun, to the business it's catastrophic. And so that's kind of the the major concern. But a key thing is of the 53% of organisations I mentioned before, um, 20% of them had claimed they lost up to a million dollars in economic loss. 20%? 20% of a million dollars. Wow. Now, the thing that scares me about that number is that that figure, even half that figure, could, could trouble a lot of organisations or SMBs to you know, recover from that. Mm. And a lot of us think that it won't happen to us. Um, I remember a quote from our, our CEO previously. He said there's two types of companies these days. The ones that are yet to be attacked mm. and the ones that have been attacked. 
and that's it because that's your 50-50. I mean, that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because so. it's all going to happen in some way, shape or form. And it's interesting to hear you talk about the different methodology. Some of it is insidious, some of it is political. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here going, really? I don't think they're particularly interested in me. I'm not part of any major political party. But there's a lot of different reasoning behind it. And the fact to hear you talk about those pieces of data to be monetized um, and the, that we're working against bots here who are just gathering this data that's, that we verified ourselves. We're the ones that yep. verified it and made it of value. All the more reason to be thinking about up, upscaling your protection. And, and a scary thought is that we as humans put our whole life on our mobile device. Don't we? You know, everyone does it. And as a business, we also do that as well. And so we're very susceptible to be, you know, compromised and having our data stolen or somebody having access to our entire life for your entire business. When I go out there and do presentations, I often talk to small business owners and it's amazing the level of uh, experience and, and intelligence that's sitting in the room. But I'll say to them, okay, just pop quiz, quick survey. How many people here have got a thumbprint touch ID before you open your, ma- your mail? Any of your emails. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you who don't have that also receive emails from your accountants? Because if you're getting emails from your accountants, included in that email will be an attachment that has your tax phone number, your, your date of birth, your name, your yep. address, all of your highly confidential emails, and you haven't protected that by a simple, very annoying touch ID just every time you open your phone. It's not just about opening your phone. It's also about opening that email. You've got to have that sort of second level of protection. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, the threats, there's two types of threats, right? There's the targeted cyber intrusions, which is kind of like, you know, external adversaries who want to steal your data. And then there's things like ransomware that want to destroy your data and prevent you know, your business from functioning or your networks from functioning. But then there's the malicious insiders, which you also have to consider, um, that a business that survives on its data of its customers could have somebody that's a disgruntled employee or somebody that's a malicious insider that will steal the data or they'll destroy the data preventing the company from functioning. So it's not just an external threat. You know, it's now become an internal threat. And so we look at, you know, as I said before, there's malware, which is software that, you know, will damage a computer in the form of a virus or spyware. So, so those ones there we can kind of rectify with certain tools. But then there's ransomware that brings in the human element. Um, do I click or do I not? Mm. And if do I do I pay? click or do I pay? Yeah. Um, but that's the second part of it. So when you do click it, you may be tricked into, you know, it looking like it's come from uh, your accountant. And when you click on it, bang, your computer's locked. They ask for some ransom and it happened to an organization. Um, you know, there was a study done where she paid $10,000 um, because she had to get her data back, but that didn't happen. So there's lots of examples of that. So that's kind of um, the ransomware. But the other one that's quite alarming is what I mentioned before around the denial of service attack, where its intention is to take your business offline. So if you survive solely on being able to connect your customers for an online service. Um, you know, for example, in peak periods, call it an Easter period or a Christmas period, they may target you for that. Mm. And if you have one of those very basic routers that we all buy from Harvey Norman and we run our business on, um, that is very simple to compromise. So it's it's the, is it the router? That, I mean, we're going to get technical in the next section of the show, but you mentioned there the router. Is that uh, because they're just 
um, kind of going around looking for Wi-Fi's and then taking it out and looking at what is on that Wi-Fi? I mean, I'm asking very basic questions yeah, here because I imagine my listeners are properly yeah, as well. Yeah, correct. And, and look, one thing I will say is in the cyber world, we have been a little bit, you know, arrogant where we kind of expect everybody to know about cyber. But then I look at it as an example when you're doing your tax. You know, the tax man doesn't say, you don't know anything about tax. We obviously don't, most of us, so we go to the tax person to get that assistance. In the cyber world, we've been very good at talking about how bad the problem is that no one knows what they're doing. Instead of focusing on, let's help with some awareness of the impact mm. and let's provide some recommendations as to what we should do to kind of, you know, reduce our potential of being compromised. Um, and I, you can never, there's no silver bullet to cybersecurity. It's more about being cyber resilient. So the ability to respond when something does happen. Well, that neatly brings us around to the next part of our show. We're going to talk about um, simple things that you can do, practical strategies that you can do to protect your business, either in a, um, a sort of a security setting or perhaps yep. uh, just being aware. I like that, that mention you were saying about being cyber aware and what it is that you can do. So are they going to cost a lot of money, these these sort of strategies? So they don't cost huge amounts of money, um, but it... It depends on, you know, you have to look at your business and profile it, right? If you're an online business, then you should invest, you know, more mm. in ensuring that you're protecting that asset. If you're a small business, I'll give you an example. My dry cleaner, this is quite a funny story, um, but my dry cleaner um, burnt down. And on that day, I was in the office and I said to my wife, can you please go um, pick up my dry clean because I needed some stuff. And she said, not so much. <laughs> and so she sent me a photo of the actual dry cleaner's um, with fire engines at the front and it was down oh, to ashes. Oh, poor guys. And so when I spoke to them after to go back and understand what's going to happen with all my clothes, um, they had no records of anything. Yeah, well, and often so, dry cleaners don't, do they? No. They're really paper and pencil kind of... So, you know, whether it was done on purpose for another reason or whether it was just accidental, we don't know. But the point is um, they lost their business. Yeah and they had no access to information to help their customers. Right. Now, if that was in a cyber world and your business went down, um, you know, your investment in proper infrastructure to protect that, you'd invest, you know, the right amounts of money to do so. So we talk a lot on this show about the importance of backups and making sure that you've got um, all of your data at least in, say, two different locations, preferably one of them off-site. Is that one of the ways that we can protect ourselves against cybersecurity? Because what worries me is that, um, as you said, if someone goes to take down your website, they're kind of taking down everything at once. So how on, if it's in the online, how on earth can you protect that? Is, is it simply by having your website backed up somewhere? Yep. And you raise a good point. You mentioned the 321 backup rule um, earlier to me, but we do need to have multiple forms of our data, you know, the, the critical data, the data that you can't replace, mm. um, that you need to function as a business. And so having two kind of mediums um, is critical. You know, you have one as a kind of backup in a storage device and, you know, you can have something else on a different device. And having something off-site, as I mentioned before, if everything is on that one location and it can happen, mm. um, you lose everything. Yeah, don't be the dry cleaners. Exactly. So that's kind of my point with that. But um, I like using that one because 
I still haven't got my shirts back. <laughs> but I, I don't but think, yeah. <laughs> that's a personal yeah. thing. But has but has has the dry cleaners got their dry cleaners back? Probably not, because if they're not keeping any sort of records or backups or anything like that, then it becomes tricky. But a few recommendations that we ha- have for for businesses are so you know to answer your question on the money, it, it does range. You know, you can spend thousand dollars, you can spend thousands of dollars. It, it all depends on your profile of business. But at the very least, you can go to a retailer and you can buy a ninety nine dollar terabyte drive. Correct. And you can back up your C drive onto the terabyte drive, Correct. and you can pick up the drive and take it to your parents' house. That's a really basic exactly. one, and that costs next to nothing. And, and that, that's right. So they're low cost. But when I look at you know four recommendations that I have for organisations, is one is to have basic visibility and control. And what I mean by that is, you can subscribe to certain certain platforms, um, and you know I won't name drop here, but you can subscribe to certain platforms that do a lot of the filtering of malicious sites for you. Right. So you know, and I look at but it like Cisco an, does it, don't, yeah, don't you? you so offer Cisco Umbrella is the platform for. that does it, and yes. you think of it as when it rains, the first thing you pull out is your umbrella to protect mm-hmm. yourself from the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, same sort of thing. The umbrella platform helps businesses reduce ransomware by ninety percent. And that's one of those platforms that basically stops, it it isolates and targets and knows which areas of the world are a little bit more, you know, likely to be those places that we hear about and also websites where they originate from and you're doing all the research so that... You know, as you said, it's an umbrella effect. Only a few of those raindrops will get through, but the majority of them are going to be protected and it at least starts yep. to filter the process. And this is where I say to companies, choose your infrastructure that's going to run your business, like your router and your switch. They're the fundamental core platforms you need to be online and connected. Uh, but choose something that's cloud managed so you can let the organisation, in our case at Cisco, uh, help you with keeping them updated and getting some visibility as to what's going on. These online dashboards help you see, is there a spike in activity? Is there something that I should be looking at to say, right, I might get some help on this. This does not look right. Um, traffic peak or, or things like that. Traffic peaks for no reason. Exactly. Well, those of you who are a little bit more aware of what's going on on your website and you get excited when you see little little peaks and, and troughs of, of, of uh, the, the website activity yep. and you go, hang on, why, why did yeah, I why, just get why is a, that there? Why is there 20,000 people hitting my website and so at once? Th- the first line of defence is critical to reducing you know, ransomware. But all the known threats are filtered out for you. So you can reduce by 90%. So then we're down to the equation of the next 10%. Mm-hmm. And so then what I talk about to organizations is you should always patch. Patch your software, accept the updates on every hardware and piece of software you have. I know it sounds something oh, that's very, very painful. basic. Isn't it annoying? And it happens it all painful. the time. And you're almost doing it daily. But those patches are there by the software companies to protect you against any... Um, attacks Correct. that might be coming. Essentially what a patch is, is so there's software updates. Yes, you get new features, but every software has bugs or vulnerabilities in them and hardware has you know that as well. It's inherently built into them because as you build something, someone's always going to find a way to find a way in. So it's a race, the good guys and the bad guys. But unfortunately, there's a lot more bad guys than good guys in this equation. And so you must always keep your platforms up to date and patched. That's kind of the second thing. So basic visibility and control, constantly patching and updating all of your platforms to keep them current. And that reduces your surface area for attack. Just being current is one of the best things you can do. The other thing that I talk about to organizations is passwords. You know, the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. You know, I'll give you an example. People always say to me, my password that I use for my business is really, really complicated. I'm like, okay. So just hear me out for a second, I say to them. 
let's say you log on to myfitnesspal.com, who was compromised, um, and you use, let's say your organization's called Company X. So your username is smorris at companyx.com, and then you have your password for your corporate or your company or your SMB business. Then you go on to MyFitnessPal. Use the same username and use the same password. Now, MyFitnessPal has just been compromised. So what's happened there? What you think is secure has just been taken from someone else that lost that data and intellectual you know, information. And hackers and attackers can use that to correlate and attack your organization or your business. So with that, are you a fan of uh, some of the pieces of software that are relatively easy to use and buy these days, which will um, generate a new a new gobbledygook password and then store it for you? So I, for example, recommend to my clients that they use LastPass. Big fan. Love it. I think it's fantastic. And if you lose your master password, you're stuffed. You can't get yeah. in. So don't lose that master password. <laughs> yeah, don't lose the master. Don't lose master. So look, there's lots of ways and processes, but the first thing I'll say is definitely use tools like that. I use mm-hmm. one myself. Mm-hmm. Because um, we have so many passwords these days, that all the applications that we use. Um, but the key thing is to ensure you use numbers, letters, different, you know, capital, capitalization, and then some characters and make it long. Um, but other people use different techniques, you know, whatever you like in terms of going to a book, finding a page, and taking a, a sentence or, you know, a part of that page using that as your password. Just make it hard. And make it long. I like and what you said long, there. Don't right? make it like six digits. Um, because I can run tools that can scan the internet, you know, right now, and I can go and find vulnerable devices. And then I can run... In the area. Well, I could do it here. I mean, I've even shown people where I access webcams <laughs> that haven't been protected, and I can look in their warehouse. What? I mean, these are things that are done to a hobbyist. But if I had intentions that were different, um, you know, it's so easy to actually get access that now I'm going to go all the way and it depends on my level of interest and my intention. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's so, where the human element comes in. Exactly. Um, so, you know, the passwords and we've already spoken about um, backup. Yes. You must be able to recover in the event of being compromised. Well, in, in the event of just something burning down, I think by the sounds of it, if you've got everything in one place, including all of your data and your cloud's been compromised, then that sort of takes things to a different level. And that's what we have yep. to all consider. Look, we're going to take a break here on Small Biz Matters. You're listening to Triple H and across the community radio network around Australia to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. So today we are talking to Steve from Cisco and he's educating all of us small business owners on how to reduce risk and uh, understand cybersecurity really at a really base level and what you can do, what strategies you can implement. Just before the break, we were talking about what the risks are, not just to ourselves as small businesses, but actually to the economy as a whole. And we also discussed um, ways that you can implement certain strategies in your business just to help yourself out and they don't have to cost a lot of money and don't forget about the golden rule three two one just um, remind us steve what is that three two one rule again the three two one rule is just a, a concept of making sure you have two copies you know on different mediums on site mm-hmm. and then one in a different location just in the case of destruction or something like yes that. in the case of fire Yep. If we think of everything as fire and everything yep. just being completely destroyed, then I think you almost have to have that mentality when you use cybersecurity as well because that is the reality that some people who are attacking you maliciously, not just for fun. I can't believe you used the word hobbyists before. So really? Yeah. Some people go, yeah, in my spare time, and I you, hack you, businesses. I mean, you know, unfortunately, a lot of organisations, um, if we look at some of the major threats that were out there, like WannaCry and NotPetya, 
What's that? that? Which was a ransomware attack. Right. Um, that caused $10 billion worth of damage to the economy. Which, which economy? Oh, the, the global, global economy. Whoa. So not Petra. Um, was targeting, you know, I guess governments versus governments, but I won't go into too much detail there, but the, the, the byproduct of it was that it leaked into other organisations. That's right. And Musk Shipping was one of those victims who was completely dead in the water. Now, dead in the water is a concept when, you know, your boat does not function, does not move. Um, they had that problem across all their shipping fleet. Are you kidding me? They, because the ships their systems just stopped moving. were down. Whoa. Well, they, they, they couldn't actually function as a company to guide their ships and do what they needed to do. Um, so all their containers were basically stationary. And all of those containers, of course, will affect small business. It there does. is stuff moving around. There is commodity. There is all that. All those things are going to affect those little businesses. So for us to sit here and be head in the sand and think, well, you know, all we hear about is political parties being attacked or governments being attacked by other governments. The reality is if you have any government contracts and that particular government organisation or that part of the government shuts down, well, guess what? You're kind of a stagnant as well. So the economy is a real trickle-down effect, isn't it? Correct. And, and you know, it's a, it's a major thing. Like cyber war... Um, is a real thing. Cybercrime is a real thing. And it's really about awareness of, you know, how do I minimise myself to be kind of, you know, unlikely of being attacked? What was that 80s movie with Matthew Broderick in it where he had to play chess with the supercomputer as to whether in a war games? That war was games, it. Yes. So we're back at war yeah, games, we're back essentially. At war games. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so not yeah, chess a, anymore. A lot of what we see is being kind of shown in some movies, right? So yeah. <laughs> back to the future. Indeed, indeed. So let's talk about our management consultants because this is a group of organisations that you work quite closely with yes, at Cisco, do. which is great to see because they are small and medium-sized businesses themselves um, and they are on the ground supporting small businesses. And really, in, in our minds, we should be having accountants, we should have business advisors, we should have lawyers, and we should have management cons- IT consultants because they're the ones that are going to support us through this time Correct. of need with cybersecurity. So what should people be asking when they're engaging with a good management consultant, in your opinion? So the first thing uh, when you engage with a consultant or an integrator or a reseller, as we call them, to help your SMB organisation, <clears throat> excuse me, is to ensure that they have the right credentials. And by that, I mean, you know, they've got certifications in the cyber field and they're evident. You can see it on their website, um, but they actually have specific certifications like Cisco. We have cybersecurity certifications. So if they have that on our website, you can assess if that company has done the work to actually get certified. And that's very important because when, when an organization gets certified, there's certain things they must have in place. And there's certain exams and skills and all those things they've got to adhere to. Mm. So you go with someone that's trustworthy, firstly, certified. Um, they have the qualifications in multiple different vendors, not just Cisco. Um, and, you know, you can see that they've got the expertise. And so what you kind of ask them for is an assessment of my business and a bit of a risk profile. Um, you know, looking at my business, they'll look at, you know, the nature of your business, how you transact what data you hold, uh, then they'll look at kind of assessing, you know, what's your risk factor? And then they'll give you a bit of a view to say, you know, in these areas, um, you're high risk. Um, In these areas, you're kind of low risk. And then they'll also gauge which things need to be remediated. And then they'll start to do the implementation for you. So you've got to have a process of assess, you know, recommendations and then determining what you implement in terms of the remediation plan. I like the fact that you were talking about the the way that they need to be qualified because I guess we understand what a university qualification is, but the ongoing education is quite important as well. You raise a good point. And, you know, if you start studying cybersecurity, uh, when you've finished, you're already out of date. 
And this is the scary thing about technology, that the pace of change um, is so fast that we need organizations to, to invest in their certifications. Micro-credentialing is, you know, you know, doing continuous updates, but you've got to find someone, um, you know, and I know some great organizations that focus on SMBs that they have three people, but these three people live and breathe, you know, technology. And when they go to organizations, um, they, they really invest in making sure that they give them the maximum level of protection but they also leave them with some other aspects. I look at it in two parts. There's a technology piece, which is kind of important because that's what connects us and that's what runs our business. And unfortunately, a lot of organizations are a technology company um, because that is what enables you to function. Um, But the people and the process is also very important. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because um, you mentioned at the beginning of the program and honestly not something that I'd ever considered or... I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about is the cybersecurity risk from within. Yes. So obviously that becomes a bit of an HR personnel thing, but are there any top tips that you can give to small businesses that they can do to protect themselves? You can't, it's sort of, I always say with HR, you're not protecting yourself against the people there now. It's, it's, it's against that horrible person that's yep. coming. So what, what are some of the recommendations? So you guys some make? tips there. The first one is around if you do have an online business and you have applications in the cloud, um, you know, having some visibility and, and monitoring, you know, abnormal traffic behaviours, um, which could show you that somebody has downloaded all of your data set. They might be going to start a new company mm. that does exactly what you do. And so you've just gifted them your entire customer base for the last 10 years. And it's really important. Let me just put a, a word in here because um, as a bookkeeper myself, and I work with Zero, everybody must have their own login. Yep. It doesn't matter if they're only looking at a tiny Correct. weeny part of the system or the whole system. You don't ever let anybody, especially your staff, log in using your... your Correct. And so that brings me to the second point of identity and trust. So the first one was around visibility, um, and that's visibility with your cloud applications and visibility on your network to see what's going on, and that could be basic traffic information. Then the second one, to your point, is around that trust and identity. Who are you? Uh, what What are you connecting to? And getting that, you know, logged... And so you can actually see what each individual uh, will be doing. This is not spying on people, but what it does do, it helps you also determine if some, someone's unknown, and this is where we get into a little bit of that uh, authentication or multi-factor authentication that we kind of see happening now, which is the password plus another level of security. Um, we kind of get to that in our business where we can kind of identify and give people access to what they need to have. They don't need to have access to everything. You know, your core customer data, um, should not be something that sits on the network and be publicly available to the entire workforce. But it's illegal. You're actually you're, you're actually yeah. doing there is actually making it um, in, inappropriately accessible Correct. to anyone because it's again you've got to protect that data and and what I keep reinforcing to people it is just the name and the email address that's the level of identification that somebody needs to use. You can monetize just mm. a name and an email, mm. um, and especially if you know it's verified. So so that that's a key thing, you know. But the other thing is the culture. Um, and what we talk about, you know, even in a home, um, you know, my father has been called numerous times um, to, you know, log on to his computer to put some, you know, text into the command line and, you know, he needs to be helped from Telstra because he's been getting threats and viruses. And, and to someone that doesn't really understand, they may go ahead and do that. And then they're into your system and they might steal some credentials or cause you harm, take money, whatever they might do. Mm. But, you know, 
those things happen so often. So we need to have um, controls in place in the culture that helps people understand, hang on, that doesn't sound right or this doesn't look right, I won't click on it. Because it's that one click that is how far away from you know being impacted you are. The education around cybersecurity is so important. I uh, The other day I came across a bill from Energy Australia which came into my business and the only thing that I recognised as being a little bit different, it was so accurate, it was frightening. The only thing I noticed was that if you prepay, you get that discount and you got the second little bobble. Right. The second bobble wasn't there. And I was going, oh, yep. hang on. And even when I hovered over the email address, it wasn't a gobbledygook one that immediately jumped over me. So it's, I think what people don't realise is that when you've got your employees sitting there is they are a gatekeeper, I guess, to the whole system. And once somebody has got past that gatekeeper by sending an email that then opens everything up, that's your entire business. Correct. It's open and vulnerable. It's just a way in. So I think the culture on the people is very important to make them aware, very simply, you know, and giving them some uh, process that if they do see something, that they go and speak to one person that's allocated as the, the you know, the lead person mm-hmm. or who's the owner or whatever it might be. But yeah, definitely talk to your people, train them. Um, so it's that technology focus that we spoke about. You know, there's also the ASD Essential 8 that the government kind of lists eight things that you should do. Yeah, where do people find out a bit of information about so that one? So if you, if you search ASD Essential 8, um, you, you'll get access to that. And there's, a, there's a, a bit of a guide as to kind of the top four that you should do. Um, it's about application whitelisting, and that's to control, you know, the execution of unauthorized software. There's the patching that I spoke about. Mm-hmm. But there's Microsoft Office macros. A lot of businesses use Excel. And they have macros turned on. Now, there needs to be a, a level of, you know, blocking untrusted macros oh. because a macro can execute, you know, a potential virus or, or, or something that will impact your business. Um, you know, things like res- restricting administrative privileges, as we, you spoke about before. Yeah, limiting what um, people can access. Correct. You don't need to have the whole network accessible to everybody. There's yes. got to be kind of segmentation and some controls. The multi-factor authentication I spoke about, which is kind of just going a little bit further than the password, um, daily backups, depending on your business profile, mm-hmm. and then obviously the patching. So that's the ASD Essential 8. Search for that, ASD 8, um, and you'll get a good view of what the government's kind of driving into, you know, organisations. That's essentially what we talked about in the last Correct. 20 minutes anyway. Yeah, Correct. have a listen to this program. There's another way of learning, yeah. educating. Um, so that's that's really interesting, I think, is, is that um, I also appreciate greatly that the relationship that you have with management consultants and that you're constantly educating them as well. Do you have any sort of educational opportunities for small businesses that they can access through Cisco as well? Are there any yes, sort of do. short courses or anything? So we do. There's two things that we do. The first thing that we do is we have a lot of online courses um, that are available to IT professionals, but we we also have some other ones that are more around awareness, so more entry level, which is kind of the basics and the fundamentals. So we, we, we have a lot of those um, programs, but we work closely with TAFEs. Um, we have a networking academies program where we, you know, focus on training, um, you know, I guess different, you know, whether they're professional or students. Um, so we bring in, you know, people into the workforce trained up on cyber. Mm. Um, as a core mandatory skill. So we do a lot of online training and online learning. That's great that you do it as part of the TAFE courses as well. Yep, so we have a lot of um, integration, you know, in our curriculum and material that we we kind of put out there. Um, The other thing that we have is, aside from the training being very important, um, we also produce some reports focused on the SMB market. Now, these ones are pretty important because what we do is we take a very large sample from, you know, hundreds of thousands or thousands depending on the report that we do 
And that report looks at what did we find from speaking to these SMB organisations and we come out with some core actions and some core recommendations and some data points that helps you kind of assess your business, where do you fit, you know, are you like that kind of company that we've researched and yeah. provide information. So very handy tool set. Is it kind of like the market insights system or um, vectors that the ATO uses where they're basically isolating certain industries that you're noticing that have been targeting more than others? Are you looking at particular sections of the economy, for example, we or do size break it of business? We do break it down in the report. So there's an SMB uh, report that we have, and it does break down into a few different sectors yeah. um, and size yeah. and all those sorts of things. So it's a great read, and you know it can definitely give someone some insights as to what they should do. Um, and what they should start kind of being conscious of. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters on Triple H and across the country with the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Alexi Boyd, and we're talking all about Cyber Security Day for Small Business. We'll be back after these community service announcements. And welcome back in the room to Small Biz Matters live on Triple H 100.1 FM and across the Community Radio Network around Australia. My name is Alexi Boyd, and we are talking all things cyber security here with the experts in the trade known as Cisco. So we're talking um, all through the program today about some really top strategies that you as a small business owner can implement quite simply, or you might need to engage with someone's support. And at the beginning of the program, we were talking about little things that you can do to make sure that your system's patched, keep your software updated. That's annoying, but relatively cost-free. And um, I liked the focus, Steve, when you were talking about being aware of any internal attacks, because I think as a small business community, we're fairly familiar with the external attacks, why they yep. might happen, the maliciousness and why it might be there. And even I, I like the seasonality of it. Yep. <clears throat> we need to be aware of our Definitely. numbers with seasonality. Be aware of cybersecurity yep. with seasonality. Um, and Cisco offers some reporting on different sectors or different industries that might be targeted at the moment. And, and I think education is really important. Definitely. Can you just go over one last time? You mentioned um, the importance of being uh, aware... I guess, in the cloud with your system and what's going on, what particular elements do you think businesses should have a, f a finger on the pulse of? What's something that they should have in their dashboard in their mind that they're always aware of to keep an eye on cybersecurity threats? One of the, I'll talk about two things there. I mean, the first one is obviously the visibility aspect. So ensure that anything you buy has the ability to give you a report or a dashboard or show you the traffic that your organisation is, is 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 actually being impacted by. So website traffic. So website traffic, yep. but you know our, our umbrella platform, for an example, will give you a weekly report of what has been blocked. Yeah. And then you can start to determine I'm being targeted. So then you take that information as actionable insights, I call it, and you go to a consultant. So listen, um, I'm concerned. I have been completely, uh, I've been constantly attacked and I've been blocking all these things. I, I need to look at stepping it up. Mm. So, but until you have that visibility, you actually, uh, you don't know how you need to act. So it's really about getting platforms and even your router, like we have a platform called Meraki, which is cloud managed. Um, and that provides you with full visibility and insights um, I mean, even people use it in their homes to see what their kids are accessing and to block different kind of websites. But in a business, you go that one step further. So visibility is key. You can't fix what you can't see. Mm. I mean, that's my, my, my number one kind of focus is, you know, if you don't see it, you can't control it as well. And then the other one is I'm a very strong believer that as an industry, um, we need to help each other because the bad guys are all working in a coordinated fashion. And unfortunately, it's kind of like 
um, an equation that we're going to lose every time. And so with industries and governments and academia and the whole kind of you know sector, all SMBs, um, they should work closer together. And what I mean by that is that you help each other. If your business is compromised or you have some kind of impact, you should talk to others that have a small business as well. It's that sharing of information. It's that culture. And it's that focus on cyber that will help reduce you know, the impacts to, you know, the SMB industry. Is this why Cisco is taking on such a leadership role with this? Because you have been talking about it for a number of months. You've rolled these things out. You're making it very aware. You're offering free information and free courses out there for small businesses. You're, you're integrating with TAFE and all these really great, you know, reach outs to the community. Is this why Cisco's doing it? Because you have these grave concerns. Yeah, I mean, that's a key thing is that we are concerned about, you know, the the trajectory of where things are at and all the threat vectors. And we do feel that awareness is, is a key aspect, but collaboration in industries is, is, you know, a key thing. And the simplest thing is to your business next door, this happened to me, what are you doing about it? Yeah. That knowledge sharing, mm. uh, we do it with, you know, Instagram. Oh, look what I found. And we share that information. <laughs> look at the food that I ate. Let's, let's talk <laughs> about something a little bit more that's, you know, critical. So definitely we're involved in this to, to raise awareness, but I believe that organisations are overwhelmed with all the technology things that are coming at them. So we have a very big focus to help empower them and to empower them to make it simpler and to give them the tools that they need to protect their organisations. So so that's kind of a, a key um, focus for us and we're in the market helping as much as we can um, and partnering where possible. That's wonderful. And, and look, it's a ni- nice, neat way to, to wrap up the show really is explain that how the big boys can really help us small business owners and help educate us but also provide those umbrella pieces of software or an organisation and and you also speak for small businesses as well so you speak to government you you talk about the um the risks and the and you give government that information that you're doing with all your reporting so thank you from the small business community for for supporting us in that way thank you thank you for everyone listening as well and it's been great to be here yes um i look forward to coming back uh, sometime soon (laughs) that'd be great now how can people find out more information what website should they go to to so the main place to go to is the cisco.com website and there's a security landing, um, but we also have some SMB-specific um, landings as well. So if you search on the Cisco.com website, um, security, um, but then we also have specific SMB focused uh, material there as well. Excellent. So make sure you have a look at that and get knowledgeable and get educated, which is what we're all about here on Small Biz Matters. Thank you once again for coming on the show. Now, anybody who's listening next week, we have a politician coming on the show next week. It's okay. We're going to hit him up with some hard, tough questions. That would be our lovely Matt Keane. And we also have uh, the general manager or the managing director, I should say, from Receipt Bank. We're going to talk about how to get paperless in this paper world um, and how to go completely in the cloud and make sure that you haven't got any bits of paper lying around your desk, which I'm super excited about because I'm very passionate about that and getting admin under control. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Thank you for joining me today. Catch up via the website smallbizmatters.com.au and those of you who are not aware and don't subscribe yet, get onto iTunes and listen to Small Biz Matters. There are over 60 fantastic podcasts just like today's that you can learn, educate and get empowered as a small business. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.